Wonderful. So if you have not been here yet to Key Women this year, you might not know that we are looking at women of the Bible. Shame, sorry, Sue, now I've excluded you from the... You okay? Uh, this year that we're looking at women of the Bible. Um, and I really felt in my devotion over the holidays that this was the topic that we need to look at. And I think when we look at women of the Bible, we see that God's got a very special plan and purpose for each one of us. He loves us. He's called us to do very specific things. And by looking at the women of the Bible, by looking at their stories and the things that they've gone through, it will help us to see what is it that God's calling us to do. Um, And my hope is that in this series that we can lift our eyes off our current circumstances and we can place them back on God where they need to be. Um, God is so good to us and he has called each and every one of you for a special plan and a purpose. So today we're talking about Eve. Um, I'm sure many of you have read her stories in Genesis. Um, You can find it in Genesis 1 to 4. Um, I know that I have many years started a Bible reading program and got through Genesis and then some way through the Bible it sort of dwindles out. So most of us have read Eve's story. But I want you to imagine this. Imagine that you are, it's the first day that Adam and Eve have been formed in the garden. Eve opens up her eyes for the very first time. Imagine the birds that she would see flying through the sky, their different colors. Imagine the noise of all the animals as they walk past her in the garden. Imagine the color of the garden, the trees, the greenery of the bushes. It must have been so captivating for her. It's the very first time she's opened up her eyes. Imagine hearing the streams and how they are teeming with fish. Imagine smelling the fragrance from all the flowers that are around you in that garden. And there's Adam. He's your husband. He's standing there next to you. And the world is bright and beautiful. I would love to be there. My spirit comes alive when I'm in nature. But imagine being in that garden. What an exciting place. But then something else captures your attention. And this is far more beautiful than you've ever seen in the garden or you've looked at in the garden. It's God. Creator God. He's walking in the garden with you. And that very presence of God must have sort of blown her mind, that incredible presence that God was there in the garden with them. But then, as we all know, Adam and Eve walk around the garden and they see the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And there's that serpent that deceives them and says, did God really say that you shouldn't eat of this fruit? Um, And obviously Adam and Eve are deceived by the serpent and they eat the fruit and, um, and sin comes into the world. The serpent has questioned God's commands. He's questioned God's word and God's instruction. And Adam and Eve, eating the fruit, suddenly realize their shame. They realize that they're naked. They try and hide away. Um, I love it. One of the commentaries I read said that Eve was probably the first dressmaker because she sewed herself a garment out of leaves. Um, So they went and hid from God. And God, in the cool of the afternoon, was looking for them and found them and said, Who told you? that you were naked. They had realized their sin and God was pointing that out. Who told you that you were naked? The consequence of their sin, like Andrea read, was that they were sent out of the garden. Um, For Eve, childbearing became incredibly difficult. I'm sure for those of you that have had kids, you've all said, thank you Eve for this wonderful miracle of childbirth that's so incredibly difficult, except for everyone except for Shannon, who had two amazing deliveries. And yeah, then they had to work the land. They had to toil in the land and work the land to produce fruit. 
Um, and so they were cast out from the very presence of God. And that must have been so difficult. And it must have been difficult for God because he so desperately wants to be with us. He created us to be with him. And imagine that separation um, that, come, that had come. So I really love that, that first question that was asked to Eve. The first one said, did God really say that you shouldn't eat of the fruit? God gives us so many promises in his word. Um, he tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we see that in Psalm 139. But how many times has the serpent, has the evil one lied to you about your identity and said, no, you're not fearfully and wonderfully made. No, there's no plan and purpose for you. Actually, that's a lie from the enemy. And we need to go back to the word of God and see what are the truths that God gives us. Um, in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you life and hope. And um, has the enemy ever come along and deceived you in that and told you that there's no plan and purpose for you? That's a lie from the enemy. We need to build on God's word. It's almost like building blocks, like bricks that we put in place, that we stand firm on those things, that the enemy is deceptive and he wants to lie to us. But when we hear those things, are we standing on God's word? Do we know his truths? Um, God promises to protect us, and we see that in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you, and he will protect you from the evil one. The Lord gives us provision. Matthew 6, verse 26. Just look, of the bird, look at the birds of the air, how God protects them, how he looks after them. God is a God who protects us, and so often we doubt that. So often we doubt the promises of God. But let's learn to stand on his word and on his um, promises. Um, so we see here how Eve doubted God's promises um, and how she was disobedient to God. And because of that, there was a consequence. Because of that, they were um, made to leave Eden. Are we in a place where we're questioning God? Is the enemy accusing us and doubting us of the plans that God's given us? We need to know God's promises. We need to stand on his word. And then looking at God saying to Adam and Eve, who told you that you were naked? Um, have you listened to the lies of the enemy? And are you holding those words higher than God's word? But I do think God is so gracious that even when we sin, he points it out to us. He doesn't want us to live in that sin. He wants us to come to him again to ask, us, ask him for forgiveness. And he's so great in that, that he forgives us and he washes us clean again. Then the second thing I want to look at today, which was stuck out to me about Eve, um, is that Eve is made in the image of God. And we see that in Genesis 1, verse 26 to 31. Um, and God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them, and God blessed them. He gives them every animal and every plant to have dominion over. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. I just love that. I love that thought that we created in the very image of God. Um, as most of you know, Greg and I have four children. And I think if we line them up, you could see that they are our kids just by their physical appearance. Um, Nathan's got Greg's dark Italian skin. Gemma has my freckles, which we like to call sparkles in our house. Um, uh, Ben's got my fair hair. And Jimmy, um, Olivia's got really curly hair from her dad. But it goes more than just the outward appearance. Our kids, um, Olivia is incredibly caring. She wants to be a nurse one day. And that's an, uh, something that I love. I love caring for people. 
Um, whenever someone gets hurt, Olivia is the first person running with a plaster to come to their aid. Um, and I actually put on a YouTube video for her yesterday on Sophia the First and walked into the room a bit later and she was watching someone give birth. So that's her nature. She loves caring for people. That's a very bad mom move. Don't ever do that. But that's her nature. She's caring. She loves that. Um, the, um, Nathan loves nature. He loves animals. He loves being outside. It's part of our nature that's almost coming through in our children. Um, Image, identity, and likeness, they're all the same word. They mean resemble or look like. And so we made in the very image of God. We look like God. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever been around a Christian that you didn't know was a Christian, but you could see the very image of God on them. We've got a lady at our little pick and pay, um, and a few weeks ago I said to her, I know that you're a Christian because I can see Jesus in you. And she was so excited. Yes, I am. How did you know that? But like Moses, when we're in God's presence, we pick up that radiance of God, and that's so contagious to the world. People can see that in us. But We get that by spending time in God's word. We get that by spending time in God's presence. And I want to encourage you this morning, are you spending time in God's presence? Are you allowing him to change your identity into the way he looks? Um, We want people to be able to look at us and to see the glory of God. But also when we squeezed, when times get tough, what is coming out of us? And so I was in the traffic the other day and I made a little bad move and got quite cross with the lady in front of me who then pulled in front of me again. Um, And I was just thinking, like, joy and peace and patience should be coming out of me right now. But I really was quite angry. Um, But what is God doing in us? If If we're made in his image, he should be transforming us more into his image. And so when tough times come and we're squeezed and we're under pressure, should be the fruits of the spirit that are coming out. It should be that love and joy and patience. So are we reflecting God right now? The world so desperately right now needs Jesus. And when you go out, when you go to the shops, when you go to wherever you're going, are you reflecting the image of Jesus? Um, One of the next points that I really loved was that Eve is a wife. Um, And obviously I love being a wife and not all of us are married. But for those of you who are married um, or have been married, The text here is Genesis 2, verse 5 to 25. It says, And the rib that the Lord God had taken from man, he, sorry, he made into a woman and brought her to man. Then then the man said, This is at last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman because she is taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and unashamed. Um, Our local pizza shop has has got a pizza, which is one of my favorites. My mom also loves it. It's called Adam's Rib. And when I was preparing this, I thought, actually, that sounds quite gross. I might not order that again. (laughs) But um, it's it's such a lovely thought that we were created out of Adam's Rib, that we created next to him. And I'm sure many of of you have heard that saying by Matthew Henry that says, Eve was not taken out of Adam's head to top him neither out of his feet to be trampled by him, but out of his side to be equal with him, under his arm to be protected by him, and near his heart to be loved by him. And isn't that beautiful? Us as women have such an important role in this world. Um, I think this feminist movement is quite sad because it puts us as women in a place that we shouldn't be in. God's created us for a call and a purpose as women. Um, And we need to see that. We need to be the best woman that we can be um, that God's called us to be. 
So we are equal to men. There are so many opportunities that God gives us as women. What are the opportunities that God is giving you as a woman? And then um, Greg and I had a little debate about this because in my notes I said that God, that Eve was the first mother. And um, so her title is the first of all living things, which to me says that she definitely was the first mother. But apparently there were lots of other women being created at the same time. Obviously Cain and Abel had to find um, spouses, so we know that possibly God was creating other women at the same time. But yeah, Eve is the first mother. And... Um, she had no mother to help her. What's that? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, just thinking about her uh, falling pregnant, she had no body to explain to her what was happening to her body as it was growing this little bump. She had no one to um, find out information about as she experienced labor pains, as she possibly had a colicky cane and didn't know what to do with him. There was no one that she could phone and say, please help me. She had to do that all on her own. Um, she was possibly the first woman in the Bible to lose a child and then have another child become the actual murderer that killed her other child. So she went through such like excruciating things in her life. And often we as women look at our circumstances and we think we're the only person that's ever gone through this. But I want you to know that there are women around that have gone through many things and God calls us to be community. And that's really a point that I feel that he wants to encourage us with this morning. He's created us for communities, created us to be with one another, to share our stories with one another. Um, I think often pride is the thing that prevents us from, from chatting to one another, from, ex- from sharing our our experiences and our tough times. But God has placed us in community because he wants us to be a blessing to one another. And so if you're not coming to church on a Sunday, I really encourage you to do that. It is so wonderful to be back together. If you're not part of a life group, please join one. It's such a great way to meet in a smaller format with other ladies or gents, to be able to share your life story and your heart, to have people praying for you and encouraging you. Such a wonderful thing to be a part of. Um, and Sam and Annette are going to be meeting next week. I think they're going to be meeting at the church. So if you would like to be a part of that, please come along. That's a really great group for you to get involved in if you don't have a life group. But God has called us to be part of community, and that's a really important thing. Um, And then just the last point that I want to share this morning, and this is a super amazing point. I love it. Andrea shared it. We've sung about it. Um, But there in the beginning of the Bible is the promise of Jesus Um, sin, God's created, sin has come and entered the world, but there's the promise of restoration and the gospel of Jesus is announced. God speaks to the serpent and he says, he will put enmity between the snake and the woman and between the snake's offspring and the woman's offspring. He shall crush your head and you shall bruise his heel. And he's speaking of Jesus. He's speaking of the coming of Jesus, that Jesus will die on the cross to save us from our sins. We have this truth. We're standing here thousands of years later, knowing that Jesus did that on the cross. He accomplished that on the cross. We can come before him now. We can ask him to forgive us of our sins. And we come back into the restoration of our relationship with God. We can come into his presence because of what Jesus did on the cross. And so many people now are desperately searching for Jesus. And here we're sitting with this truth. Um, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have this truth. We have to get it out. This world needs this message right now. Um, And I want to encourage you. Who can you tell today about Jesus? 
um, during lockdown, one of the messages I listened to, we were challenged in that message to speak to someone about Jesus. And I sort of laughed because I was at home that day and I knew I wasn't going to the shops and I knew that I wouldn't have a chance to speak to someone. And I've got a neighbor up the road who's a quadriplegic um, and he was walking his dog that day and trying to get, it's a help dog, so he was trying to get his dog accustomed to walking alongside other dogs so that the dog wouldn't get distracted. So he stopped outside my gate and we had a chat and I felt like such a banana because I was asking him all these questions about his disability. And, but it was so good just to speak to him. Um, and we've actually kept up a friendship. He's busy making some wheelchair gloves for disabled people. And I'm going to try and help him and see. But isn't God amazing? I had no opportunity that day and almost giggled at God that I wouldn't be able to share the love of Jesus with someone. And yet God brought someone to my door. And so if you trust in God to meet someone today, he will bring someone across your path. There are hundreds of people in this city who need Jesus. And so I encourage you every day, every minute of the day, look for those opportunities to share the love of Jesus with others. But thank you.